0: Guardians, ghosts, and saints yeah. All play a part of this Close and brain. Yeah. Holy men, prophets, healers, and kings That's my entourage, man The posse I bring angels. Welcome back to the Corinne Grillo Show Follow, like my podcast And also, if you could leave a review If you like what I'm doing here So, okay, it's been a while Since I had a solid rant But boy, do I have a fun one Well, for me, and I'm hoping for you too, I'm just going to warn you, it has some pretty heavy content in it. So trigger alert. There's some words in here that are pretty harsh and situations in here that are very challenging to chew on. So, you know, just letting you know, do what you got to do to get armed up and ready. So have you heard of the law of attraction? I'm sure you have. If you're spiritual folk or into new age stuff, or really most people at this stage have heard about the law of attraction. I think it was popularized recently by the book, The Secret. However, you know, the principle is actually a lot older than that. I think it's at least 100 years old. One of the first books I could find on it was Thought Vibration or the Law of Attraction in the Thought World. So that's by William Walker Atkinson, and that was published in 1906. So The law of attraction is just this long extension over the last hundred years of really kind of new thought thinking or philosophies. I don't know if you know what that is, doesn't matter, but it doesn't just like pop out of nowhere. It's just recently, like in the last 20 years, it's kind of had a a revitalization, if you will. So I'll tell you a little bit about it. The law of attraction claims to be a quote unquote universal law. And that the order of the universe is determined, including everything that comes into your life and everything that you experience. And it does this through the magnetic power of your thoughts. So through the law of attraction, like attracts like. What you think about, you bring about. A thought is a thing. You are what you think. You become what you think about most. Okay, so... If you've been doing the spiritual thing for quite a while, none of this is new to you. None of this is provocative and seems pretty straightforward. One of the big influencers in the last 20 years are the personalities of Esther and Jerry Hicks, who have put out the work of Abraham Hicks. And Abraham, what Esther describes as a group of entities that she channels, and, you know, as she would channel, Jerry would write down the stuff, And then boom, you know, there it is. This is what Abraham said. And so Jerry, by the way, has now passed away. So it's just Esther kind of leading the front lines. They've written tons of books. And by using their Amway sales skills, because they were selling Amway apparently for a while, they learned how to reach uh, broader markets because Amway is like network marketing. So they did a really great job in expanding their reach and reaching people and reaching folks all over the world. I hear people talking about Abraham Hicks all the time in my communities. And so I thought today was a really important one that might be disruptive, but again, important. And it's meant for educational purposes only, Because, you know, I work in a lot of spiritual communities. I lead a lot of spiritual communities. I also facilitate leaders of spiritual communities and folks that have their own communities. So these rants are really meant to help us in a way deconstruct from some of the assumptions we've made along the way. And this is a doozy. Today, we're going to talk about the shadow side of the Abraham Hicks work and the toxic and harmful myths that this kind of philosophy promotes when gone unchecked or unseen. Now, full disclosure, I don't really follow Abraham Hicks. I don't have the temperament for it. I've tried to listen, and I just like check out right away, you know, a little ADD for you. But I've seen quotes, and I have tons of friends, and I generally understand what it's about. And also have studied up on a lot of new thought material through the years here and there. And like I said, I've uh, had a lot of friends talk to a lot of people about the material. And some of them really struggled with themselves through it. And they thought that they were the issue because they didn't really know what they were really struggling with was the material. They kind of blamed themselves. And I'm about to explain why. In extraordinarily graphic ways. So on the surface, law of attraction appears to be a philosophy based on personal accountability, positive thinking, and creating a life of joy. I mean, all those things I totally stand behind. I promote every day in my own work, right? Totally awesome. However, Esther believes, or is it? Abraham that believes that every thought you have generates an outflow of energy in one way or another and that what you focus on grows in size the more you focus on it. She says you must focus only on the good and not the bad things or bad things will happen. Okay, maybe still straightforward. She also uses words like vibration as many thought leaders do, including myself. And I just kind of want to like pin this right here, because when it comes to your thoughts attract things and create things outside of yourself, and people use science as the basis for it, uh, you know, they're proving this in science, often, the science that they're speaking of is not actual science, it's pseudoscience. So if um, these kinds of things are being said, you know, stop pause and really think about what they mean by science and usually if it's science science there's actual research articles there's links guiding you to the studies that were done to the clinical studies or the scientific studies that were done that are often peer reviewed and things like this if it's not peer reviewed science sometimes it's not official science yet now you know i totally believe in the gray areas and dudes Don't get me wrong. I live in the other world, okay? I walk in both worlds. The physical world, the spiritual world. I believe in it all. You should know this about me by now. But who better to hear this shit from than someone who does enjoy both worlds? Because if I was just some old skeptic, it would take on a different texture, right? Anywho, I digress. If you have... Listened to my podcast episode on the Karen Grillo show that was a rant titled "Joe Dispenza versus Reality." Then you may have already a slight hint about some of the stuff that fires me up about the spiritual community or some spiritual leaders, and not in a good way. And if you haven't listened to that episode make sure to listen in. It's actually still one of my top three episodes that folks are are binging on. So before I give you my full rant on the outrageous, fucking outrageous harm that the Hicks material produces, as I was trying to discover the words, I realized there are no better words to show the outrageous harm of the words that are being chosen to use No better words than Esther's words herself, or is it quote-unquote Abraham? So let's have Esther tell you herself about what I'm talking about today. So again, here's where the trigger alert comes in. Esther has gone on record saying things like slavery, rape, abuse, disease, and the Holocaust can all be attributed to negative thoughts. Okay, does that shock you? Because I'm just starting, okay? Let me just give you that list real fast before I keep going. It's on record saying slavery, rape, abuse, disease, and the Holocaust can all be attributed to negative thoughts. Now, I wish she was thinking about the negative thoughts of the perpetrators, but no, she's talking about the negative thoughts of the victims. That's what she's attributing this kind of violence to, okay? Our Jewish siblings attracted the genocide through their negative thoughts. Great. Our black siblings also, yeah. Thank you, Esther. Okay, so here's a direct quote from Esther Hicks. Channeling Abraham, making harmful assertions about rape victims. Okay. And she says, we believe that this subject of rape is really talking about the mixed intentions of the individual. In other words, she was wanting the attention. She's talking about the person who receives the rape. Okay. She was wanting the attention. She was wanting the attraction. She was really wanting all of it and attracted more than she bargained for as it is occurring or even after where she feels differently about it. So that quote was extracted from B. Schofield's article, a critique of Abraham Hicks. So when I read this, I couldn't believe that this was the Abraham Hicks folks were always talking about you know and so I did a little more research and then I listened to another woman who went to one of her events and heard quote-unquote Abraham say out of Esther's mouth that a child victim of sexual abuse also attracted that into their space now of course this is just one person's account but not shocking based on what we already know And this person said that after she said that, she said, but don't worry about that. Don't focus on that. Because remember, you know, let's focus on the positive. Let's focus on the positive thoughts. Don't focus on that though. As soon as she said out her mouth that this child attracted this situation to them, don't focus on that though. Remember to focus on the positive, you know, because both you and I know. Like, real life, it really is like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, you know? You, like, come into the house, you put on your vintage red knit cardigan, and you sing, you know? It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. Uh, A beautiful day for a neighbor. And then, like, everything magically goes away. All the negative shit magically goes away, including the fact that... Esther, on purpose, victim blamed a young child for sexual assault upon them. But, you know, let's not focus on that. See the good, right? Focus on the good. So, okay, harsh. I got to recover even from saying all that out loud. So like any red flags popping off for you? Because when I discovered this and when I was reading this and when I heard these people's stories and I heard more than just this, of course... It made me want to smack someone, but I didn't. But luckily I have a big, like, kind of like macho kind of dog. So I wrestled with them a little bit to get my little squigglies out, to get my rage, my anger, especially because people are following these principles. That's the shit, right? Believe what you want, I suppose. But do you have to project that upon thousands of people all over the world? Please don't. She said the woman wanted the attention, right? She got more than she bargained. What? I mean, can you just say, wait, what the fuck? What? I mean, some folk literally just need to shut up, just shut up, right? Oh, God. Okay. So you might be thinking to yourself, oh, but maybe these things were taken out of context. And then I have to say, were they? I mean, were they really? Because the thing is that these kinds of words are not new. They're not at all out of context. They are perfectly in context, especially when we look at the broader and historical context. And I'll get to that in a second. But after hearing the shit that spews from this woman's mouth uh, as a psychotherapist, I'm like, who is this person? Where did she grow up? What was her background? And why is she conflating this shit with love? Right. Because my experience of love doesn't sound like what she just said. My experience, my communion with spirit doesn't sound anything like that. Okay, so who is this woman, right? My psychotherapy brain turned on. Because I was curious about how in just these short statements, how I could see so clearly such overt misogyny, which is woman-hating, Internalized misogyny, which is this is a female speaking on the female experience of rape, and she's blaming the victim for wanting it. Okay. How can I also see racism so clearly? You know? Slaves. All they had to do was think better thoughts. Okay. White supremacy is in there. anti-Semitism, bigotry, fragility, excessive doses. Of toxic patriarchy, even more excessive doses of spiritual bypassing and egregious doses of victim blaming and shaming, all in just this little nugget of what I saw. Okay. I wasn't even crazily looking for information. I was just like, what? Say what? Okay. And let's just say the obvious lack of empathy in her quoted statements for subjugated people it's all in their thoughts they brought it on you know women minorities the terrorized and the nearly exterminated there's no empathy in those words again this is not the language that spirit speaks to me or through me it's always empathy it's always connection it's always love right and so it just like bursts my knot. i just don't get it when i see it like this Okay. So, like, you know, what the actual fuck, Esther, for real? So, again, put my psychotherapy hat on. Who is this woman? Where does she come from? What was her family like? Please tell me. I'm so curious. So, I just did a quick Google search. You know, I think it was a little wiki, a little Wikipedia had some action. And it turns out she was born in 1948 in Utah. Raised by a Mormon family and grew up Mormon. And then for me, it's like, well, we know that uh, Mormons don't have a great legacy when it comes to, in particular, the, the fundamentalists, right? When it comes to women. When it comes to taking accountability for the patriarchal predatory behavior against these women, these young women. We know by account after account how that particular church and certain sects of that church have minimized the harms. And the more orthodox versions are even more extreme, right? And to be frank, I'm like letting my imagination, this is all conjecture, okay? I did not do deep research, okay? It's just Mormon country, done and done. because. That to me made sense about why I'm seeing all this conflation, all the intersections of all the worst parts of toxic patriarchy, all in one place. The victim blaming, the victim shaming, the telling the women that they brought this on themselves. It sounds kind of like one of those uh, elders, patriarchal, you know, one of those leaders of the church protecting the man. And blaming the female for what, perhaps revealing her ankle. It just, he was tempted, but that she desired it somewhere on the inside. Isn't that how these fools talk themselves into committing such egregious harm? And also, when you grow up like this, when you are surrounded in an environment like this, you internalize it, you internalize it. Females can internalize these beliefs, okay? So I'm not saying that that's what happened to Esther. I'm just doing a pretty lazy dot conclusion, just connecting dots in a lazy way. Owning it, but it doesn't piss me off any less is what I'm saying. And we see this victim blaming and shaming, not just in the Mormon Church, of course. This is some of the foundational roots that this country was founded on and our religions, religious supremacy, shame-based, guilt-based. You brought it on yourself. You had it coming to you. How many of you grew up without one when you got hit or smacked around? You had it coming to you, right? It's a spiritual way of saying that. Well, the thoughts that you think create, blah, blah, blah. And then if this happened to you, you must've been thinking it or something unconscious you brought it on yourself so many spiritual folks that i know feel so bad about themselves when human things happen like this when they get a disease or they get cancer when they have a human moment essentially because they're working so hard on manifesting and thinking positive yet why does shit keep still happening it must be them and that's what i was saying earlier the people who have had problems with law of attraction They think they're having problems with themselves, but it's the philosophy that's whacked. It's not you. Broken legs are going to happen. Accidents are going to happen. Okay. We're going to lose our cash someday. Our houses are going to burn down every once in a great while. Weird shit is going to happen. And it happens to the highly magical people too. People who are master manifestors. People who have. Optimum positive thoughts, it happens to them too. So do not blame yourself, okay? When shit happens, please cancel that shit out. If you've been in the metaphysics for a while and you've been doing this work, this manifesting work for a while, you need to stop that, okay? Because I wrote my own secret book, okay? It's called The Secret also but it's the hidden secret that's hiding in plain sight maybe i'll talk to my publisher to see if they'll publish it it's only really like two sentences shit happens okay and it's not your fault say that with me out loud shit happens and when it does it's not your fault okay I have so many clients that come in with horrendous things happening in their life. Can can we discover what it is inside of me that has created? And I'm like, no, because shit happens. Not your fault. How do we move through this as gracefully as possible? Welcome to your own humanity, right? No shame in that game, man. You don't even have to be strong. Oh, maybe I should be strong through this. I just got a crazy ass diagnosis. I'm going to be strong. You don't have to be strong. Be broken. It's fine. Be as broke as you want to be. I'm here with it. If you're going to be broken, let's just do broke all the way until you get to the other side of that. And then as you pick yourself up, I'm going to be there with you too kind of thing. But don't we need more of that shit instead of all the fakery and tomfoolery? God, fuck that noise. I have to tell you, Being part of the spiritual community and being a leader in the spiritual community on an international scale is so annoying (laughs) sometimes because of shit like this, okay? This is why I have to throw in my rants on the podcast because uh, some of this has to be corrected and there's not enough of us out there doing this work and speaking out loud about this. Like I said earlier, things happen even to the most magical humans, the most protected humans like myself, I know I have massive protection. Magic for sure happens all the time around me. And I also know shit happens to me and shit happens to my family. Shit happens to people that I love. And that's out of my control. We cannot control life. Okay. You can control yourself. Mostly, okay? Mostly. I can't say I control myself all the time. Oh, hell, I'm way out of control too. So good luck, guys, if you can control yourself. (laughs) But we can control how we navigate, like I said, through some shitty situations, through the choices that we make. We can control who we choose to let into our inner circle, who we choose to support us who we choose to uplift us, who we choose to get fed by. And when I say fed, I mean information by. We can choose what kind of information that we take in to our psyches that goes into our hearts. All that stuff changes us. So we can choose to avoid certain things and manifesting. Hell yes, that shit works. Shit. I wrote a book, Angel Wealth Magic. I wrote it because that shit works, but it doesn't work for everybody right? It works for a lot of people. Enough things have happened where it's just like shazam. I mean, I wrote the book because it was insane what happened for me. So, but not for everybody. And if it doesn't work for you, if a pathway doesn't work for you, that's also not your fault. Okay. So people will say like, well, nothing happened for me. What's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you, sister. Nothing's wrong with you, homeboy. All right. Don't take it so like personal. This is life here. There's a million different medicines out there for us to consume. Keep trying. You keep at it. I know not everything works for me. Not everything works for me. And you know what else? The things that work for me, they don't always keep working later down the line. Then it's time to shift directions and you know see what's in the wind. Where's the wind blowing me now? No shame in that game. It's called life. It's called expansion, transformation, these challenges, all of these things. I am still constantly learning and growing. But the major reason why I'm doing this rant today is because it's an invitation for all of us in the spiritual community to take a very, very close look at your indoctrination, your cultural indoctrination, especially if you're a channeler or a leader or a spiritual leader or any kind of leader, period. Because I can guarantee you that you are still being puppeted by the old relics of the old kings, the crown, if you will, the ancient popes uh, that put certain things in place to ensure that the population felt ashamed of themselves, felt responsible for the atrocities that were committed against them. Okay. I can guarantee there's some of that in there. Okay. So the relics of the old toxic patriarchy, religious and white supremacy, they are in us. Nobody is immune to this if you live in this country. You may be well-read. You may be, hmm, I'm in New York. It's not my problem, right? Hey, well, guess what? I'm in San Francisco and it is my problem still. I'm a brown woman, still my problem, not because I'm brown, but because like all of us here, I'm not just talking about our beautifully alabaster-skinned white siblings, okay? I'm talking about all of us, Black, Brown, Indigenous, women, LGBTQ, plus all of us. We got to quit pointing fingers at each other. Oh, they're so toxic. And look at how you are perpetuating this own thing inside of yourself dismantle it inside of yourself. See it. Are you super harsh on yourself? Do you somehow expect yourself to be supernatural all the time? All the damn time? Seriously? I mean, even the Lord himself took a day of rest. Okay, you got it. So stop it. Look at it inside of yourself. Learn about it. And if you are a leader of any kind, it's time to next level that inquiry. You don't want to be an Esther. We don't want to be Esters out there accidentally throwing in our old crazy ass upbringing bullshit. And oh, my God, I just can't. OK, you don't want to be like that. And you might be doing it in little ways, sprinkling it out there. But it takes a village, all of us, to really see it and and say it out loud. And I'm always open to feedback as well. I mean, because like I said, I'm in a massive learning curve, a massive deconstruction myself. So let's take it up a notch together. Let's commit to creating open, authentic, spiritual communities that, well, allow us to be freaking human, that allow us to have fun, that maybe like don't give us the impression we have to be perfect, don't blame us or shame us when we are in fact human. And help us connect more fully with ourselves and with each other i hope you enjoyed today's episode of the corinne grillo show make sure to follow me and leave a review and on spotify let me know your feedback i left a q a for you so let me know your feedback on this episode angel juju coming at you Vibrating at the highest frequency of the bunch, Every soul shall adapt to match that at once. Oh, how we channel high mammal, no dunce. Cap who it fits, do with this what he wants. Merlin style, curling like, like prisms. Past lifetime, regressions, new mission. No obsession, no resting, true destiny. We blew breath in, where death laid its weapon. Arise, call on master builder skies. Open up planets, align at the will of the wise. Voluntary co